Father's Day is a little bittersweet for me. Uh, I don't know if everyone here has been around for that long. Uh, so Father's Day is bittersweet because uh, we, Jess and I, before we had Ariella and then obviously Gideon and Theodore, we on, uh, on Father's Day uh, quite a few years ago now, uh, Jess and I at 18 weeks um, lost a baby. So Father's Day is a little bittersweet because it's like, yay, I have my kids and it's all good, but it also brings to mind that um, sad remembrance for me. Uh, so I don't generally do like a specific Father's Day focus type message. Normally last year I did, uh, but I don't normally feel super inspired to do that. Uh, but I will say uh, that uh, I have a great friendship and relationship with my own father. And I know that for some people, Father's Day is difficult uh, for all sorts of reasons, uh, like what I've just shared, but also because the f relationship you have with your own father might be complicated uh, and and uh, uh, and I am, I'm, you know, I hope that today is uh, still a uh, happy and friendly day for you, uh, despite the kind of hallmark quality of the day and the unusualness that it can bring uh, in terms of people's own emotional journeys. So we are still uh, in our lectionary meant to be looking at the bread of life, but because I did like a longer sermon on that. About a month ago now, I'd kind of covered a whole bunch of the territory that we were meant to be doing for a few more weeks. So because of that, we have been in the Old Testament last week, and I want to jump into a psalm this week. So this is still the psalm associated with this week in the lectionary, remembering that we're doing our lectionary years one year out of sync with everyone else. We're really rebellious. Uh, but today uh, we are looking at Psalm 84, which is quite a well-known psalm. You may, when I read it out, you may recall uh, this psalm. I, I will, I'll just, I'll, I'll read it out. It's only 12 verses, so I'll read it out to start with. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, and a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Barca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those who, whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So it's a pretty well, like, like there's a lot of Psalms and some of them we never read, but I think this is one that gets read a fair bit. It's also been put to song a few times, so you might kind of be having a tune playing in your head there. There's a few nods, yeah. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Uh, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Uh, in, the, in the Hebrew here, it really is trying to pull a sense of nostalgia. So this is not just uh, the author of this psalm projecting an idea about the temple. This is the, the author of the psalm saying, I really long for that place. I know that place. 
It's, it's a place that I know in my heart and I want to be there right now. And he's remembering fondly his time in the temple. And uh, this word, how lovely is your dwelling place? This word lovely is not normally given to a place. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the word is uh, in seven verses in the Old Testament. And in six of those verses, it's talking about a person being lovely uh, or beloved. So there is a real sense of kind of this place is known and, and I have this intimate connection. How lovely is this dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Uh, the, the word lovely there is, uh, I've written it down, Yadid uh, in Hebrew. It's where we get our name. Um, what's the name that we get from that? Jedediah uh, is, is beloved. So the Lord Almighty here, this is interesting, in the Hebrew means Yahweh armies. Uh, so you might have heard another version of this where it says Lord of hosts, uh, where it's literally saying the Lord of the hosts of heaven, the armies of heaven. So it's saying Yahweh of armies, Yahweh of power, of might, of military strength, of uh, the, the Yahweh who is in charge of all things and no one can stand against him. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies and might and glory. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. When you go to Jerusalem, the walls are these significant uh, stone edifices that have been there for a long time. I mean, they've been knocked down and then rebuilt a few times, but, but there are... That there is a sense of the ancientness of the place. Um, they kind of dig down and they build the stones on the bedrock as it goes up. And even the, the wailing wall where you would have seen in, in movies and photos where the, um, the, the Jewish men and, and women, they come and they kind of wail against the wall there. And you saw them putting little prayers in the nooks and crannies uh, in the wall there. And the, the author of this psalm is talking about the birds, how they would sneak into those nooks and crannies in that wall. They would sneak in around the temple and they would find places. I don't know if you ever see it where the pigeons just get into the building and they, they're, they're everywhere there. And this is what this author is talking about. The sparrows have found a home and the swallow a nest for herself. They want to be close to the altar of God. They want to be near the, the throne of God there. Lord Almighty, my King, my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. There is a sense that the author of this psalm is jealous of the priestly class, the Levites, and he's jealous of the people later on, the, the guy who is the doorkeeper there. He's jealous of, uh, like in the New Testament, you might remember Simeon or Anna who were in the temple when Jesus came to the temple and Anna prophesied and Simeon, uh, who, who'd known that he would meet the, um, the coming king, uh, is there in the temple. They hang out there. They basically live there. And there is a sense that this author is jealous of the people who are always in the temple of God. He's jealous because he longs for this beloved place to be near the Lord Almighty. His, his soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. So we get to this section, and now the story has shifted. So he was talking about the, the temple and the altar and how beautiful and how we wanted to be near and close. But now he's shifted to all the poor suckers who aren't there. 
And this is the kind of category he's in. He says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Because most Israelites did not live in Jerusalem. Uh, and if they did live in the surrounding region, they would probably come into Jerusalem at least three times a year for festivals. But if they lived further afar, maybe they would only come into Jerusalem once a year. And from this particular psalm, we get the sense that that's the case, that once a year, uh, or maybe even once a every three years, hence the one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. There's not some weird comment about time dilation and the book of Genesis and creation. And it's literally just the dude is saying, I only get to go to the, the temple once every couple of years, every three years. So I have a thousand elsewhere and I look forward to the one day I'm there. That's as complicated as I think that is. But there is in this verse, um, this idea that they're coming in for festival. They're coming for pilgrimage. Uh, and the festival of Sukkot, which is the festival of uh, shelters, is in remembrance of the time between Egypt and the promised land where they lived in temporary shelters. They were a, a nomadic people almost in that wilderness period. They lived in tents. So the festival of Sukkot is, this, um, is at the end of the dry season. And you'll see in a second uh, in this passage, it starts to talk about going through the Valley of Baca, which we'll, we'll get to. But this is in around September, October, and it's dry and it's hot and it's arid and it's miserable. And they're walking to Jerusalem, which is uphill. And so there is a sense of pilgrimage to Jerusalem that you walk up and it is, it's hard especially if they've come down kind of via uh, near Jericho, near the Dead Sea, then it's just like really steep, that last little trip up to the, the Mount of Olives and up to the, 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 um, the Temple Mount there. It's a dry season. It's an arid season, walking through. And then it says, as they pass through the Valley of Barca, they make it a place of springs. And the autumn rain... Uh, also covers it with pools and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. See, this psalmist is longing to be back in the courts of the Lord. And he says, there's a blessing for the pilgrims who have to go through that journey. There is a special different type of blessing. There are the people who are in the temple, but there is a blessing for the people who have to pilgrimage their way, especially when they have to pilgrimage through that valley of Barca. And the word valley of Barca here is, uh, uh, it's a plant. It's the balsam tree uh, or bush, the balsam, uh, but it means weeping. Uh, and when it says it means weeping, it doesn't just mean some polite tears. Oh, boo-hoo. When, like, I looked up in, the, in my Hebrew dictionary here, this word means to weep or sob or cry or mourn, to well up tears in the eyes and have mild convulsions or spasms of the diaphragm. It's kind of cool. Uh, and often, often make vocal sounds of soft groaning or loud wailing as a sign of sorrow and mourning. The Valley of Baca. This is a miserable, bloody, awful, dry place. Uh, and, and like I said before, for me, the bittersweetness of Father's Day, having lost a child on Father's Day many, many years ago, this was a passage that was very near to my heart during that time. I read through this passage again and again, and I felt like I was on a pilgrimage. I was going through a valley of Baca. I was going through a place of weeping and there was groans and sobs and sorrow and, and grief. And it was a hard place because sometimes when things are dry and awful and terrible and you just feel like it's all uphill and there's nothing to quench your thirst and it's just awful, there is a kind of blessing that comes when you eventually reach that temple. 
There is a special kind of blessing that comes when you journey through that difficult season, when you continue to walk through trusting in the Lord to get your, uh, to get your whole body, all of that grief and all of that difficulty through that valley so that you can arrive in that place. It's interesting because in our English translations, it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. And there is a sense that there is an effort involved in where you have to make it a place of springs. And then the autumn rain also covers it with pools. But, but it's only now, I wish I'd known then, that our English translation here, I'm not sure that this is entirely right. When we go to the Septuagint, which is the, the, um, the Jewish translation of the Old Testament into Greek. Uh, so there's a very cool story about that happen. But we have a copy of the Old Testament that's written in Greek. And in that manuscript and in a whole bunch of Hebrew manuscripts, I'll read to you the slight, just listen to the slightly different tone uh, and, and sentiment of this translation from the Septuagint. It says, Blessed is the man whose help is from you, O Lord. He established a, a, a sense in his hearts, and this is it, in the deep valley of weeping as a place that he set, for even the lawgiver will give blessings. I know that doesn't, it reads a bit stilted there, but. It's saying, when we go through the valley of weeping, the lawgiver will give blessings. It's not that you have to dig in deep. It's that God, when you are in that valley, God will provide for you. And we do get that from in the English translation in that following verse when it says the autumn rains will cover it with pools. But in, the, in, the, in many of those Hebrew manuscripts and in the Septuagint, it leaves out that section where there is a sense that you have to dig that in your own strength. And I think there is a good lesson to be learned in that hard place to keep digging in. But I think that there is a better lesson to be learned that God is a good father. And in that hard place, he provides sustenance. He provides uh, the moisture that you need. He provides the living water that we need. He provides the blessing. The lawgiver gives the blessing. As they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The lawgiver will give the blessing. And the autumn rain will also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. They work through it. And now it's, it's no longer just uh, the dwelling place of the Lord Almighty. Now it's Zion. Now it's this promised Messianic city in, our, in, in the view that we take it. They go from strength to strength. They go through that hard place. But they, it, as each step, they get stronger and they get stronger. This is the blessing that comes to the pilgrim. As they go through that hard, arid valley, they get stronger and they get stronger. I long to be in the temple courts of God. I long to be in that place of meeting. I know that he is with me on that road and that day by day God gives me strength. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look at our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. The shield spoken of here. So now the psalmist is, is, is praying out and he's saying, bless the shield. The shield is the king. In the, uh, so he's talking about the, the, um, the king uh, of, of Israel. But in a broader sense, he's talking about a messianic king in the future. The psalmist is praying for the king and the psalmist is praying for the Lord's blessing to flourish over their kingdom, over Israel. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. 
For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And no good does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. God is here described as a, uh, a sun and shield. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The shield one makes more sense because it's like this protective cover. Uh, but the, the sun one probably doesn't make as much sense to us. But it's actually a, um, a thing that the Assyrians used to say about their king. The Assyrians used to say that their king was like the sun because his protection would cover like the sun covers the earth. So there is an imagery here that God is our great shield, but also he protects everything. The sun hits the earth and his protection covers everything as wide as the sun covers the earth. The Lord bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Again, we have this walk, we have the pilgrimage, we have this, as you go through that dark, dry place, as you wait upon God to come as the lawgiver to give you blessing, to have the autumn uh, rains, to create pools in that dry place of weeping, make sure that your walk is blameless. Continue to seek God, go from strength to strength. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. The blessing that comes to those who trust in the Lord is not limited to those who are in the courts of Yahweh. Sometimes I think we would like, we just want to live in the temple. Like that'd be the easy, we want to live where it's easy. We look around, we think some people get to live where it's easy. They're like the bloody birds. Everything is given to them. It's simple. It's straightforward. Their lives make sense. They have the relationship they want or the job that they want or the house that they want or the opportunities that they want or their children are different to my children or they have children and I want children or whatever it is, there is a sense that we think that somewhere else is going to be better. Lord Almighty blesses the one who trusts in you, but the blessing comes from trusting in God. It doesn't matter if you live in the temple or if you are the pilgrim. God's blessing is for all people everywhere. So I'll read through this just one last time. Uh, almost as, as our own prayer now. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my God and my King. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. And the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. 
Amen.